0: Welcome to episode 18 of After the Breach podcast. We're your hosts, Jeff Friedman and Sarah Shimazu, coming to you from Friday Harbor on San Juan Island. We have a great episode uh, ahead of us. Uh, joining us as our guests are Dr. Michael Weiss, the research director for the Center for Whale Research, and Dave Elifrit, the ORCA survey lead.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome.
2: Ahoy. Uh, hi. Hi. <laughs>
1: yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> thanks for joining. How
2: are you guys doing?
1: Ah. Huh. Doing doing okay.
2: Doing good. Yeah, not not too bad. Excellent.
1: Seasons kinda slowing not slowing down, I guess, for you guys because Southern residents have been in. Yeah. But kind of like passing us in the night.
2: Yeah, and managed to completely avoid us the one day they were actually like yeah. within our range, which was which was a, a fun day out on <laughs> Yeah.
3: Yeah. Timing up the whales with good weather will be tough for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, it's kind of that time of year. So they they came in and they went down to Puget Sound just for a quick a, a quick visit.
2: That's what it seems like. I don't think anybody's seen them today. So it, it seems like what they did is so <laughs> there's a cat here. We oh. we
0: we have we have cats on the loose uh, during this episode. We've,
2: we've been accepted as friends. <laughs> yeah, so it seems like what what happened was they came in um, and stayed quite a bit further south than they usually do in Juan de Fuca and we went out to look for them couldn't find them there was a big fog bank down south which is where I maintain they were (laughs) of course because we looked everywhere else um they showed up on the west side for like a few hours and then down to Puget Sound and then no one's seen them today so I reckon they probably just went out out
1: I think there was a report actually up off the uh, cold off, docks. Yeah, up oh, near the,
0: Vancouver. Really? Of Southern residents up I there, but heard that.
1: I'm not sure it was all of them.
0: I wonder if they might be heading back up toward Campbell River.
2: I I oh. had not heard that oh, report. Other. Let me
3: look. There's still a chance. Side.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Quickly southern checking outside.
0: our our sightings our network. network. Yeah. Yeah. I had heard I didn't actually see the report, but I did hear that there was a report. Yeah, it looks like... So like, I have, like, secondhand information yeah. on
2: that. Yeah, it looks like 10... The report of 10 whales or something out there, southern residents.
0: And they're usually so spread out up there that yeah. 10 is probably 50. Yeah, could be, <laughs>
2: could be. Yeah.
1: And it was J's, K's, and some of L's, is that what we heard?
2: I'm still trying to figure Just out together? which L's came in. I know someone ID'd L-105 down in Puget Sound, so, you know, probably the main group of L's. Mm, okay. Um don't know who else was around.
1: It'll be interesting to see if we piece anything else together.
0: So you, you guys do this regularly when the, the Southern residents uh, come into the inland waters, but let's let's back up a little bit for uh, some of our listeners who may not know. Tell us just kind of a, a summary. I know this is a big question and not the easiest to summarize, but kind of summarize like who is the Center for Whale 60 Research? Seconds. <laughs> 60 seconds. <Tell> <laughs> Uh, Tell, you know, tell us what is the Center for Whale Research? What do you guys do? Uh, So
2: (laughs) (laughs) the Center for Whale Research, um, we're a research organization here in the, in the Salish Sea um, with a mission statement to conduct studies and uh, promote conservation and advocacy for Salish Sea killer whales with a real focus on Southern residents. We do work with bigs as well, but, you know, we focus on Southern residents and our, Primary research program that we conduct every year is the uh, Orca Survey Project, which is a complete photo ID census of the southern residents that's been going on since 1976. Um, so, yeah, the the kind of counting of whales, figuring out who's new, uh, who's had a new kid, uh, who's not around anymore is is most of what we do. And then we also conduct a lot of different studies of social structure and behavior and Kind of survival and reproduction, generally.
1: Awesome.
0: Very cool. Is, and is that getting more challenging with uh, the fewer occurrences of, of their presence in the inland waters? Are you? Are you? Do you guys uh, venture off the outer coast at all to do to do any of this?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, part of our our yearly contract is spending uh, a few days off the coast, um, so we've usually been Cindy Mark Mallison and out there with a crew and, and uh, I got to go out there this summer and we had really good luck, had the whole clan, you know, about 14 miles off the entrance to the, to the Strait, And uh, of course the day we had leave, we had gorgeous weather, you know, flat <laughs> calm over <laughs> zero sort of beaked whale water. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but we had 75 miles to get home um, and, and, Strait of Juan de Fico is a, not nearly as nice as out there that day, so it's kind of <laughs> interesting, but uh, yeah, yeah, and um, it, it, uh, yeah, I mean, w- we get J-POD and the L-12s in June anymore, and, and you know, we can't really expect any more them any more than you know, a few days. I mean, will get J-POD right throughout the year, but uh, getting K's and L's the way we would like to get them to stick with procedure to be able to have <laughs> repeated encounters with the same group sure. so we can say for sure somebody's gone whether than you know going Yeah, we kind of feel somebody's gone but you know give us a moment right and we're no longer sure we're going to get that good encounter where that you know the final third or fifth or how many you need depending on the day right to get surety whether yeah that whale's just not here anymore
0: and and um, when you do encounter them here you don't know like is it, is this your one shot
3: yeah to, to do and, this and it's added to the frustration is when the whales hit the west side they tend to spread out after they've come in um and it, it's amazing how hard it can be to find mm-hmm. whales i mean, the whole clan i've seen the whole clan you know back when it was in 90 plus whales just completely dissipate on the west side, and and you know, you'd have to look through Binox to find. Oh, there's a whale over there, <laughs> but you had to go half mile to find a single foraging whale, and and that was you know so it it can't be real tough. I mean, it's to this day, it's still tough.
0: What what's it like when, seeing them out, out off the outer coast? Uh, uh, what, I is it similar to seeing them? Are they spread out? More well, or less, you know,
3: it it was a little bit of everything. I we, I haven't been out there that much, but but we had three days in a row. Where the first day it was just L fifty four and L one hundred eight in the gloom, <laughs> um, but uh, they looked really cool out there, you know, <laughs> They're off off like I can't pronounce uh, say it properly, knit and like whatever, um, but. Uh, and they were spread out foraging, but they'd come together, spread out, and the, but the you know the next day we found everybody. But it was you know it was a little bit of everything. They were spread out, they're charging around, then they'd stall out, they'd spread. You know, some whales would be spread out in the distance, but then you get a big group of l pod just all tightened together. You know, in a big almost resting group sort of thing for a little while before they'd spread out again and charger out some of them, yeah. It it was interesting. But they, they looked pretty happy out there, you know, at the time. That was first week of July. Uh right after they had left. Or the L twelves had left here. Or Jays, I guess, left with them. But uh um yeah, they seem pretty content, you know. Well that's good. Uh, I mean yeah. that's
0: Yeah, if they're if they're uh, getting food and they're content, it's yeah. it's that's a good, good thing.
3: Yeah. I and mean, it's wherever they can find it, and it's a little worrisome that what they needed to find in here, they're not no longer right. finding. So right. are, are yeah, you know, are they? Are they still getting enough out there? It's yeah. There's a a lot more activity going on out there, people activity out there than I thought there was <laughs> before I went out there. Is that like uh, they like, have competition out
1: there? <laughs> yeah, fishing and,
3: yeah, yeah. and yeah. shipping and yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and
0: they certainly had competition here when when things were were plentiful with
3: with fish, yeah. um and then the, the competition won. Yeah, but anyway, it, it uh, you know, it was it took a, you know, it, it made us feel better about where we were with the count at that point in the summer by going out there um we um you know we it, we wouldn't have known anything until mid-august right if we right. hadn't have gone out there wow um and we would have got that one day <laughs> right <laughs> with jknl coming in um and, so it, and yeah and in
2: and our contract i guess for folks who don't know we we are under contract with with NOAA to produce a census every year and our census date is July 1st. So it's, it's tough to say, you know, if we don't see them between, if we don't see some whales between, you know, mid spring and August, it can be hard to say whether they should be part of that July 1st number or not. So it was really good to have Dave and Mark and and Joe out there early July and saying, okay, we got just about everybody like a few days after the (laughs) census date um, (laughs) makes life a lot easier
3: and there's there's a whole lot more pressure this day and age with social media to get yeah, <coughs> to get yeah, the yeah. answer out there. Sure. And it kind of makes us have to throw uh, procedure, yeah, you know, the old procedure to the wind. Yeah, um,
1: it, I've noticed to, that um, um, changing over the years. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. People used, need to know now.
0: Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, it used to be. Yeah, I remember like when I first started uh, doing this with, with whale watching, and if if anybody saw a new calf out there it's like okay that's cool but no one says anything until it's released by the center (laughs) yeah and now it's like you know it's all over social media so fast
2: and it's it's tough too yeah with you know a new calf is seen off the coast somewhere you know out of our range and we have a photo a blurry photo or or a video and it's like oh yeah that that does certainly look like a new calf but because of the way we do the survey until we actually during a photo ID survey photograph it and are able to figure out who mom is we don't assign it an alphanumeric and I think as Dave says you end up with a lot of uh you end up with a lot of social media stuff (laughs) about like well what's the calf's number who's its mom it's like well there's a one two minute two minute video maybe if we're lucky or
1: people just assign you know use the number that they think it would be
2: Right. But, you know, which is going to start it, getting confusing in K-pod soon. Yeah. But.
3: Yeah. I and mean, chances are it will be the next number. But, right. but there are, yeah. I mean, we, we have to skip K-46 because there already was a K-46. So the next K-pod calf will be K-47. Right. But, but there's that, you know, well, we get a picture from somebody with a calf, and well, okay, so are you going to give it a number? It's like, well, no, because we don't want to confuse things too soon. Right. You know, let's make sure we actually know that's some other, because, you know, sometimes right. there's somebody else there in the early days. So you, you want a couple of encounters to say for sure, or at least a good solid. I mean, we're making do with less this day and age in terms of, okay, we feel pretty good about it. We'd like more time to say something, but we're not going to get it, but we feel pretty darn good. Yeah. Well, making
1: making do with (laughs) less and also having to make do with less faster, not just because (laughs) um, you might only get the one day, but because there are a lot of people posting online, you know, photos and, and, what have you, you yeah. know, well, and, and, kind of and the enthusiasm things. for yeah. it's great. Yeah, and, it's yes. great. Um, and, and it's just
3: give us a moment, right, you know, right? We'll get to you. We'll get to you. <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know, we'll tell you everything we know. But give us a moment. Yeah, to, you and, know. And,
2: and even the photos of calves that we can't confirm yet, it's good to have because it tells us, you know, when the whales do come in, who do we need to find quickly to do a baby right. check on? You know, right. who's right. who's a good whale to kind of get a good look at and see if they have a kid so i, I don't want to discourage people from taking the photos and sending us the photos and you yeah know sharing them it's just it, it adds that extra le- level of pressure when as you say we're already kind of strapped for time with whales and then people want to know what's going on as quickly as possible and the whales don't move at the speed of social media is the only thing
0: <laughs> and you guys do and you post awesome photos from from your encounters on your uh, on your website uh, whaleresearch.org. Whale
1: com.com
0: .com, sorry <laughs> whale research.com yes um and uh and I know like people are always wanting more information and and are very curious you guys probably get asked constantly like how are they doing mm. how do they look
2: yeah are they healthy <laughs> yeah and honestly you know uh I think most of what we end up saying now is, you know, well, we didn't notice anything wrong with them. I think we try to avoid (laughs) saying whales look healthy um, these days because there's so much we just can't tell from the boat's perspective. And even if everything looks fine, that whale could be gone next year. So it's safer and more accurate to say, you know, we didn't see anything wrong with the whale. That doesn't mean it's a healthy whale, but it means, you know, it doesn't have peanut head. We didn't notice any, you know, huge deformity or anything. It's acting relatively normal. Um, And I think that's often a bit unsatisfying for people. They want us to tell them like, yeah, is it the normal weight for its age? And is it, you know, (laughs) is it, is it, it, but really all, all we can tell, even with, you know, even with the photogrammetry stuff, it's, which is more, you know, kind of fine scale than our boat based stuff. It's all you can really say is, well, the whale's kind of skinny or the whale's kind of fat until they get really, really in a, in a bad state. And Mm -hmm. then it's, then it's easy to say, well, that whale's not doing well, but yeah. So you, you mentioned
0: boat-based stuff. You're also doing, uh, from the boat, you're, you're doing a lot of, of drone work.
2: Yeah, so we're doing, um, when we have the opportunity, um, with weather and logistics and time, because we, we try to get the photo ID survey done first. So if whales come in, the first priority is photograph everybody. Um, we'll be flying drones to take um, video for behavioral observation. So the two main kind of domains of behavior we're really interested in are social behavior. So social interactions and networks and how that changes over time and how that might be related to fitness and foraging. So how they're actually finding, chasing and catching fish. And then the intersection of those two chasing fish together and and sharing the fish they catch. So um, we're, we're collecting a lot of footage and we've got quite a few uh, dedicated interns and students um, who are doing uh doing the Lord's work and actually and actually analyzing these hours and hours of, of video and turning it into some cool insights into into whale behavior.
0: Do you do you guys post any of that video anywhere?
2: Yeah. So along with our photo ID encounters, we'll also post um, about all of our aerial encounters and include, you know, Two to five minute clips, whatever our internet can handle uploading from the office um, (laughs) from that day, kind of a representative or or most interesting kind of moment. And we work with both residents and and bigs with the drone work.
0: Very cool. Yeah, we lo- we love seeing you guys out there with the drone with uh, with Bigs because it makes it easy for us. We know exactly where the whales are going to come oh. up. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust it because once
2: they're out of sight, we just I just hover and rip, go up in altitude and just hover and wait for the whales to come up. So often I'll be hovering over somewhere where the whales were. Five minutes ago oh, that's funny but they're we're certainly people, not there anymore the it's funny we're, yeah <laughs> you know? we're telling everybody look under the drone that's where they're gonna come <laughs> I, up. <laughs> i'd say that works about about 30 of the time and the rest of the time if you haven't seen the whales in a while in a while with tees especially <laughs> i probably also haven't seen them in a while because when they're on those long dives they're not hanging right at the surface right. they right. go deep right and the drone can't see them anymore so sometimes i'm able to to you know in the same way you would in a boat pace them and and guess but they're T's, they zigzag so a lot of the time it's just go up and get a wide view and and hope you see them next time they come up that's why we're counting on you (laughs) because they're zigzagging and it's like you never know where they're going to come up one of the i
0: i remember this from um earlier in the summer hearing you talk about this and i was wondering if you could if you're able to talk about this at all when one of the things that you saw in some of your drone footage with with bigs um you said it may this may be some kind of ritual with passing uh, prey yeah. before they start cleaning it and processing
2: it. Yeah, so we've seen this with a few different groups on a few different days um, where they'll catch, it's been a seal every time we've seen it, has been a harbor seal. They'll catch it, one individual will catch it and they'll form a line. They'll basically be in, in contact, uh, pectoral flipper to flipper. Wow. And they'll pass the seal with uh, all the way down this line, four, five, six whales. Uh, nobody takes a chunk out of it. No one starts tearing it apart. They just pass it, and it goes all the way from the, you know, usually the whale on the left to the whale on the right, but it can go either way. Um, And it often ends, you know, with the youngest whale in the group having the seal. Um, We don't know why it's happening. We we have quite a few observations of it, so we have enough to know that it's a thing that is happening, and it wasn't just a one-off weird thing, but we don't really yet have enough data to statistically say, you know, when does it happen, which groups do it more. It looks like a ritual, for sure. It looks like something they... Are doing, you know, because it's a it's a social thing you gotta do before you can start eating. I can't think of a like a physical prey processing right thing that they're doing that that helps them tear apart the seal. It it just seems like you know something to do once you catch catch the thing. I see.
0: I, I love things like this because it, it just it shows you that these are really deep thoughtful. Mm uh, cultural animals. And, and I love the, the stories and the examples of that show their, their inner life and their family commitment. And I don't know, for me personally, I like to think what they're doing is either, you know, saying, saying some kind of prayer and thanks Mm. to the seal for sacrificing its life to feed them kind of saying grace or something like that.
2: Yeah. And Sarah's I think Sarah's giving me this. Look well, like I think I'm it's, a huge it's, it's, it's hard. No. I, I, w- I would just say, like, it's hard to get in the brain of a killer whale. And we don't really try that hard right. to do that because it's such an impossible task with a wild animal to, to figure out, you know, their motivations. Right. But we can't, that doesn't mean you can't study culture because culture is, a, is an observable thing in the world. It's, you know, the, the broadest definition is, you know, gr- persistent, group specific, socially learned behavior. So something you learn from the whales or the people or the animals around you, something that ends up being kind of unique to your group or your set of groups and something that isn't just a one-off kind of thing you do. It it maintains over multiple generations. And we know whales have that. We know, you know resident dialects and even their pr- food choice, both the bigs and the residents. We know they have culture. Um, but I think, yeah, it's these artifacts of culture, ritual, um, that we haven't really gotten all that into outside of, you know, resident greeting ceremonies which don't really happen very much anymore. Um but um yeah, yeah, you know, they don't make tools, so we can't study their culture based on the like art or the tools they make. We kind of got to look at what they do. Um yeah, it's it's really fun. It's really fun, and there's there's other things about how they share food that I think is really interesting. So we had a day with the T18s, um you know, they were split up in their two pairs. Um, and we got on them right as uh, one pair had just made a kill, and we watched them waiting for them to prey share, but they didn't start processing the prey. They were just passing it back and forth and swimming around with it for a while, and we weren't really sure what they were doing, and then we realized the other pair was also hunting, and we watched them make a kill. Um, T4, uh, uh, T19C just kind of whacked a seal as hard as he could, and they ended up eating it. And it was only once that other pair had caught a seal that the other pair also started processing wow. their seal. Oh, so they waited for them to catch it. And then they all started tearing the food up and eating together. So it's stuff like that, that I, I'm really so interested polite. in they, Well, yeah. <laughs> so, or they're like, Unless ah, you're a seal. Now we don't have to uh, share with them. Like, <laughs> Right. You know, it's again, without getting into their brain. Right, right. Right. But it does say something about the role of prey sharing in group cohesion, mm-hmm. whether it's a politeness, you know, we want to be socially conscious or it's a, Look, if we start eating now, prey sharing is going to be tough between all four of us. It still says something about you know what prey sharing does and how prey sharing works in right. these in these groups that I think is really interesting.
0: And I think you know I like to make up these reasons and yeah. and, and try and get into their brain, knowing that I never sure. will. But I think what makes the experience of getting to know uh, killer whales like this it and and stories like this is we're seeing things that ha- that we'll never know why, but they have some purpose. Mm. Right. Yeah. And we'll, we'll never know why they're doing that, but they're doing it for a reason.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's, I always try to, we, we do a lot of um, work about the social structure of whales and we end up, you know, talking to the press about why whales do certain things. And one example is, you know, why, uh, why do killer whales go through menopause? And we always say, well, why they're doing that is to, uh, or, or why do killer whales take care of their sons, which is tied to that? And we always say, well, because if you take care of your sons, your son has a higher maximum reproductive output than a daughter, and that spreads your genes. And that's an evolutionary why. Mm-hmm. But why does a mother killer whale take care of her son? Well, she's not calculating her lifetime reproductive <laughs> right. fitness or her con- genetic contribution to fur- future uh, gene pools. We know that she's definitely not doing that. Uh she's taking care of her son because of some social bond you know a social relationship and we don't know what that means to her and how she conceives of it but we know that it is a relationship that she wants to maintain for some reason so i i think yeah it's interesting talking about whys and i think in a lot of ways the whys that we're never going to get at about their what's going on in their brain are often a lot more interesting than the whys we actually can get at around why is this evolutionarily beneficial or why was it evolutionarily beneficial at some point?
0: Right, right. Well, um, what what other kind of things like where where is the center
2: for whale research going? What are you guys working on uh, coming up? Are we working on? <laughs> well, we've got boat. a new we're getting a new boat. That is yeah. that is the one big thing which is going to be huge. Um not the boat's not going to be physically huge, but it's going to be huge (laughs) for us. Um, It's going to, so we're getting a a new vessel. We've been working out of, uh, we've been working off of Boston Whalers.
3: Two two very old, 40-year-old Boston Whalers.
2: Yeah, that definitely have seen, have have put in their time.
3: Yeah. Good boats, good boats. Yeah. And workhorses, good boats, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So this
2: this new vessel we're getting, it's gonna have a longer range, it's gonna be it's gonna be covered and have a yeah. windscreen. Itself. I will hold out of the exciting. sun and not, not, which is what I need to do. And and more than anything for me, it's gonna be safer for us to get home and back through rougher water at different times of day. which is part of that expanding our range. I think, you know, we, we can get to places that right now we'd be kinda nervous to try to get to. Um in, in any conditions or in any kind of rough conditions, and this new boat's going to be a lot more stable. Oh, the cat's typing. Um. No, she,
0: she actually just scrolled through uh, one of the papers on the, uh, the Center for Oil Research website. Oh, so. great.
2: She wanted to learn. Yeah. So oh, she's really cute.
3: <laughs> yeah. There'll be more room on the boat to spread <laughs> us out, too. I Won't have to be elbow to of. elbow. Yeah. 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 It gets a little crowded. Right
2: now we all kind of have our, like, two-foot bubble around us, and that's about the zone we can really move in comfortably. And I'm, I'm assuming
0: it'll be easier to uh, launch the drone and the, bring the drone back in.
2: Yeah, so we're going to actually have an open bow on the boat, which will be great, an actual, like, you know, solid spot to launch the drone from and retrieve it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it's it's just going to be a much more solid research platform for us overall. We kind of got to design this with the the manufacturers with life proof boats and um, kind of work through what we needed, which turned out to be not that, not that much. Yeah, but it was basically uh, what we didn't need. Yeah. Though, which was everything. We just needed deck space. Yeah. <laughs> deck space and a, a few spots for Pelican cases and, and cameras. Yeah. And that's about it. You know, uh, yeah, as Dave says, what we need is is not is explicitly not very much. Well, um,
0: and people can uh, not only donate to the Center for Whale Research uh, as a whole, but they can help uh, donate specifically to help help fund the new boat.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Correct? So so we have a page on the website now where folks can donate um, directly to our fundraising to to offset the cost of that vessel. Um, or they can, you know, write a check and and say they would like it to go to the vessel. We're still we're still trying to raise funds for that. Um, we we're, we're we've done a we've been really kind of blown away by the public support, and um, you know we're we're doing about as well as we could have possibly hoped to on the boat fundraising. Yeah. We've had a That's lot fantastic. of people supporting us, you know, in to a degree that we were, you know, honestly not totally sure folks would, you know, but I I think. I think uh, folks have seen it's folks who have seen the boat we work out of now. It seems like are more willing to to donate.
3: They go out in that.
0: Yeah, you may, maybe put some pictures of that on the website. Yeah. the
2: the duct taped hatch might be a good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I was down at Snug Harbor. This was a few years ago when you were uh, redoing the duct tape on the hatch. And,
3: and yeah, well those hatches cost five hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a time that Ken said no. so duct tape it was so uh, it
0: doesn't surprise me you guys are are getting good really good support i mean this is a very storied well-known organization um lots of credibility and dave you you're you have a lot of responsibility no i don't think anybody knows whales that like in my mind like you do um i remember being out on the water a few years ago and sarah will remember who this ended up being but this was the trip that I talked you into not, um, Oh, to, into, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got down there and, and we 38
1: days like, in the California teas. Yeah, and, and, and,
0: and like Dave, you got on the radio and you're like, yeah, I'm not sure who this is. And everyone's like,
1: what? <laughs> 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 like,
0: whales that Dave isn't sure who they are. Dave's just like, give me a minute. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, uh, you guys see more exotic whales than I do with this day and age. I mean, I, yeah, I I don't have it anymore <laughs> in terms of knowing everybody. I've, yeah. But yeah, you still have
0: whales that are on your, uh, that, that you have not seen that you. Oh,
3: oh yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some, you know, they're kind of the back of the book transients <laughs> that, uh... <laughs> you know, don't make it down here very often. And I don't, you know, don't have a way of making it up coast, really. I ain't past you know, Telegraph Cove, i there's really, you can't get North Coast very easy. Sure. To see some of those guys. And, and some of those kind of back of the book whales, you know, they, they're they not even all that common up in Southeast. They're kind of North BC Coast or West BC Coast, so they're hard to, you know, yeah. You, know, you just got to wait for them to come to, come to us. Uh,
1: and, well, and we, and we, we just had some
0: come in, uh, who yeah. was that that came in that, um, it's been... T
1: 348, I think. Yeah, I I, I, that. yeah
3: and, Mark but, got, got out on them and that's the first, the photos that he had for his encounter summary were the first photos I've ever seen of those guys. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I mean, apparently Jared's given numbers to a bunch of new tees here recently because, wow. and, and I'm not up on, I'm not yeah. on social media, so I, I, I'm I not always up on all the new tees that people right. are getting out west or up north or... And,
0: well and who just um, came in here that hadn't been documented in two years and they had a calf? Um
1: Oh um twenty eight no. yeah. days? No.
2: Twenty eight days were in, yeah. 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 It was them, yeah. right? yeah because
1: yeah. They yeah, 'cause they hadn't seen since I think January of 2021. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: See, and that's a group I've never seen before, ever. Yeah, you know, sometime. Yeah, Michael got him.
2: I I barely got him. Yeah, yeah I, I was actually on my way home from Orcas Island and oh right, that and, yes. And I was exhausted and uh just wanted to get home. And in and Channel saw a big group of whales, and got on the first little group and said oh, I'm not really sure who that is. And then I saw another bigger group and I said oh, I'll get them first and I'll come back over to these guys. And that second group was just the 36 A's, and so that that was a. Uh, pretty easy and then I'm like okay now time to find that other group and they were gone yeah. so I had exactly one frame of each member of the group of, of the 28 A's um, so enough for pu- proof of presence and not much else from that encounter.
0: You saved our day because I was coming out as I could see you leaving um, <laughs> and going back uh, going down Spiden Channel as I was coming up San Juan Channel and, uh-huh. and I'd, I saw the report and I was like oh I I'd see him leaving I know exactly where they are yeah it was, so, it was, made it um, easy and
2: i'm that was one of those days because i wasn't expecting an encounter i i my vhf wasn't working i didn't have a fleet radio <laughs> with me my phone was dying and, and dead by the time i left the scene so i was just like well hopefully someone <laughs> saw my first two pins and and can see where i am and and they'll get on them um yeah it was, a, it was an it's nice finding your own whales but I'd rather find them when I'm actually looking for them which I, we, I never seem to do I yeah. never seem to do when I'm when I'm actually ready it's it just is. when I'm really don't want to see yeah. whales that they know yeah. they know
3: yeah it's amazing that I and mean, we've had such good whale search I and mean, the few the times that we have gone out and done a dedicated whale search is like man this is the most awesome track line ever <laughs> this is the, way it, the places all the T's go when you're with the T's and we hit everything. And they're never, never there. <laughs> well, welcome to our world. <laughs> yeah, but they'll show up there the day after, right? Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Twelve
1: yeah. hours later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Dave, tell us. Bit. Tell us some. you You've got lots of stories. Tell us some
3: cool whale stories.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Too many
3: know? to. Uh, well, I don't. Uh, I don't know what you're. Hmm. <laughs>
2: It's a very no, it's, broad. Oh, it's always yeah. hard when someone asks. you. Yeah, that.
3: yeah. Uh, I'm trying. To well, one. there's. I don't know what. I don't know what. You want a happy resident story or a, a mean transient story? I kind of want a mean <laughs> <Both>. transient story. <laughs> let's <do both. laughs>
0: yeah, let's do both.
3: But, all right. Well, I. Don't know. I'd, so much a story, but just good experience. I mean, the Ganges Harbor Minky kill was a great kill. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hear about. Uh, that yeah, well, I've heard. seen photos. This I've heard reference to the Ganges the, the, Harbor Minky kill. This is a national geo Minky kill. <laughs> and, and what what year was this? Uh, this was uh, October fifteenth, two thousand two. Okay, and um, we, uh, yeah, it was Ken and I were at the center. And we got a call from John Ford saying that there's a report of whales attacking a minky in Ganges Harbor. And so, I Ken had somebody visiting. He said, "Sorry, we got to go." <laughs> Ken, Ken <laughs> and I left, um, and it, it was a yeah, it was over an hour long boat ride up there. the uh, Only time I've ever been in Ganges Harbor, um, but yeah, you get up there and and uh, and. And it was like an arena seating. The whole town had come down to watch. Wow. And, and uh, the whales had the Miki on the breakwater to the harbor. And they're kind of along the wall. And, yeah, we get there. There's a lot of DFO boats and stuff. And they say, yeah, yeah do what you got to do. Awesome. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you uh, know, it was kind of cool. because it, um, And fairly early on, I've, you know, it was the T-11s and T-12s. We were there. It was two moms, wow. yeah, mom, two, a uh, mom, adult son pairs. And, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you ever seen the movie Orca.
2: Yep. But uh-huh. it, um,
3: <laughs> there's a bunch of cardboard fins cruising around <laughs> Yeah, on the surface. And honestly, uh, to be honest, to give Orca credit, I, I thought whales moved like that before the, that movie. There are some, there is a little bit of footage of wild killer whales in there. Top notch. And Nicola are in the movie Orca. Um, Oh so, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like wow they roll who knew um <laughs> but anyway um yeah the the miki was on the breakwater the uh, t11 and t12 were kind of making moves and to get it off but T- t11a and t12a just couldn't get in there the water was too shallow and they were cruising around with their do- yeah it was just like the <laughs> movie Mitty- <Wow>. orca <laughs> their dorsal fins just cruising around like yeah big and uh at one point ken had his video camera back when there were video cameras um <laughs> sitting in the window of of a whaler And uh, he left it on accidentally. And there's kind of like, you know, you could see tubes of the DFO boats and then, yeah, water. And all of a sudden there's this big eclipse as T-11A's dorsal fin just kind of cruises by (laughs) the lens and just completely blacks out the the lens before Ken realizes. But anyway, Ken ended up shooting half hour of the, you know, best unedited video I've ever seen in my life of... (laughs) <laughs> These, yeah, well, uh, eventually, yeah, I guess uh, one of the females, I can't remember which, whether it was T11 or T12, finally made a move, pushed, got the binky off the breakwater. They got it into deeper water. There's a lot of splashing, big standing wave, yeah, you know, wow. <laughs> big waves being pushed. Uh, and uh, they got, and then it took another hour of them beating it up, um, wow. wow, to finally kill it. But I uh, know it was kind of neat. There was like uh, you know, a lot of body blows, not hardly any blood, yeah, you know, almost no blood, wow, but just a lot of body blows. And the minky would be laying at the surface, and all of a sudden it would just be hit from below and just you know halfway out of the water, wow, and uh, and it was, it was kind of like. It's, not something I watched, but, you know, it was almost like heavyweight boxing. And, yeah, you know, after a while, the, the you know, the whales would just be, look like they're tired and like they're hugging each other, you know, tired and hanging on each other or just kind of laying next to each other <laughs> being you know, like boxers getting tired in the middle of a bout <laughs> or something like that. But it took them about an hour, and eventually the Mickey didn't come up again. But a big old chunk of blubber did. Um, <laughs> and the, but, this is
0: why yeah. we call them killer whales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh. yeah. And, and I, I missed it. But apparently, just a couple days later, the T 11s are off battleship taking out Dallas Porpoise, too, oh, wow. it was what I remember hearing. Uh, but,
0: a a minky so. is a that's a lot of food for four whales. Yeah.
3: Mm. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we left. So, I, yeah, I'm not, I don't know how long they hung around. But up in the False Pass region, um, in the spring where the transients are taking out gray whale, young gray whales, um, you know, they can feed on for quite a while. Yeah. And then they'll yeah. they'll come, those whales are getting killed in shallow enough water, the whales will come back to the carcasses. Right. right? And uh, you can tell where the carcasses are because uh, there's all these oil, yeah, there's yeah. oil slick. <laughs> and it's like big greasy slick. And, and uh, when the whales are moving through, they'll stop and mill at an old carcass chunk uh-huh. of a carcass so uh yeah i you know they'll eat more if they can yeah <laughs> right. sort of thing
0: so so for all of the all, all of the listeners who are now dismayed at that story <laughs> let's, let's let's hear a happy <laughs> happy southern resident <Resonance> story <laughs> uh,
3: all right well well there's the time we got to babysit all the kids in jpod Um, I think it was even one of my birthdays, Um, and uh, I think it must have been 99, because J-35 was a one-year-old.
2: But we were out,
3: uh, it was in our Earthwatch years, where we were out on motor trimery in high spirits. And uh, yeah, we were somewhere down the west side, and it was like all the moms said, y'all, just stay in the area of this boat. (laughs) <laughs> and They went off and, and started foraging and we had a good chunk of all the kids in J-Pod at the time, just kind of hanging in our, around our boat, circling the boat. And it was flat cob water and we, you know, we had J-28 and J-35 kind of circle our boat where you could see, you know, both see their whole body because they just kind of gliding right beside the boat and, and of course, when they're that close, you can't help. You just got to kind of wave at them, go, hi. <laughs> you know, and remember J-28's mouth opening. You know, it was like, oop, you yeah. put your hand back <laughs> as you're waving to them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we just got to babysit for a, for what seemed like a long time. It probably wasn't, but it was great. I mean, we just had the kids playing around us while the moms went off, and eventually they came back and got them, everybody. But
2: uh, That's right pretty here. cool.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. we were – declared safe by moms
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so is there anything um that we haven't asked you guys about that you want to highlight from from your work from the center from whale stories anything Mm -hmm. and we're going to put uh the some information in our show notes about uh the, the link to the center for whale research and and some other info
2: i don't know yeah no i i think um i think we've covered a lot of like work we do, I think um, one kind of real focus of our research that I, I I think is really fun and I think people find interesting, but I, I think hasn't been fully kind of thought about in a conservation context yet is how these whales are so dependent on each other for survival. I mean, you know, as we've been talking about it, we're talking uh, just whale stories are all about mm-hmm. families and families working together or families leaving their kids to be babysat. And, um a lot of the research we've done has shown these kind of social dependencies dependencies really clearly. You know, sons are dependent on their moms for their whole life. Moms sacrifice their reproduction for their sons their whole life. Um, Everyone's dependent on grandma forever. Um, (laughs) And I I think it's something we uh, need, potentially just statistically need to deal with when we're thinking about these whales and their risk of extinction. So if you think about uh, a coin flip and you have, let's say, I don't know, 75 flips of a coin and the chance that all of those are going to be heads, that's pretty low, right? In any given year. Um, And that's true for any, you know, reasonably large number. But if each time you flip a coin, whether or not that comes up heads or tails is affecting whether the next coin is heads or tails, which is affecting whether the next coin are heads or tails, the chance of suddenly getting a huge portion of heads becomes a lot higher. Um, so actually I, I do, I feel like I never get to like, I never get this through to, to folks who are, you know, actually making decisions that we kind of need to stop thinking of the Southern residents as each being a coin flip and start thinking of them as completely interdependent on each other. And yeah. losing one individual can make us lose another individual, which can make us lose another one. And the reason that's important is not because we're going to go in and, you know, supplement a whale with whatever, but it does mean we're thinking about what is the chance of extinction for this population. uh, We already all all know that it's quite, you know, severe and high, Mm -hmm. but it might actually be quite a bit scarier than we we think. Um, And yeah, I think that's something the center is definitely, you know, you ask, what are we doing going forward? Um, For me, that's a huge area of future research is just how these social effects are going to influence the population's trajectory going forward um and hopefully there will be a lot of interesting research from us out about that soon and hopefully that will also then get incorporated into policy i'm more sure about the first part than the <laughs> second but we'll see
0: yeah i would i would tend to agree with that as well and and hopefully you know we continue to get more more coins
2: yeah exactly right
0: that's uh, nothing nothing will help more than than more coins yeah yeah
2: absolutely and we we did well. We, I mean, we we did pretty well this year. Got two yeah. new kids. Two new kids. Yes. Two new kids. Happy to have them. Hopefully, they stick around for a long time. They looked good last time we saw them. Of course, that was months ago. Now yeah. it feels like. <laughs> <Yeah>. um,
3: <laughs> Suddenly, it's two months ago already. I know. And, and <laughs> crazy.
2: I can't. Re- we, uh, one male, one female. Was that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. L one twenty six is a male, and L one twenty seven is female. So, which is another part of that whole people wanting to hear about stuff really quickly. Is, which, which to be fair, was something Ken used to do to us, too.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it seemed... Yeah, we got more of that out of Ken toward the end than I would have thought. Um, <laughs> There's a new kid. Well, what's the sex? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, don't people realize how lucky we are to have gotten what we got? Right. And uh, it's really... I mean, We got something... Well, maybe it's just a digital age, but I swear it wasn't. Maybe toward the late two thousands, moms started throwing their kids all over the place, and it <laughs> just started getting really easy. And I, I, before that, you just didn't see them getting tossed around like you do. <laughs> yeah, I guess, in I a guess that's true. Yeah. I do kind of feel like we um, see them get thrown around. Oh yeah. Well, and now yeah.
2: the now the drone makes everything a bit too easy. Yeah, uh, you can just get over them and they're always when they're not even when they're not rolling on the surface they're always kind of spinning around underwater um but yeah toss the baby seems to be their favorite (laughs) pastime right now um
0: that's so cool uh, l L
2: 127 we have some footage of her getting i mean it looks like she's getting beat up by by her family but she seems to be having a great time that's so
0: funny yeah Uh, the views that you have from a drone um and, and what behavior you see compared to just watching from a boat it's it's
2: yeah well and i think i think what it is is the the boat-based stuff i think you know folks who've been around a while you know like dave i think have a pretty good sense of what's going on with these whales from watching them on the boat most of the time right i think what the drone adds is the ability to kind of like go beyond you know well i know they're doing this to actually you know being able to have it on video and measure it and quantify (laughs) it yeah um
3: yeah, because there's, I yeah there there's always going to be those whales that you know what their normal look is. Yeah, that's the, you know, they have different body shapes just like we do, um, and um, certain whales have certain looks, and and there are days or yeah sometimes they show up and uh, you know I wish that whale looked <laughs> a little bit more filled out than it does. Yeah. It's you know there's something. And so you know, and it it happens. You know, they do fill back out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not doom and gloom if they're suddenly a little skinnier than they used to be. But but you got to be careful. There are whales that have that kind of permanent bad look that would scare you if you didn't know that was their normal look. They'll they'll fifty fives are bad for that. You know, they <laughs> um, they have a. Kind of natural dip behind their blowhole that just that's their body shape, right? And mm-hmm. there are other whales that have real bulbous foreheads that <laughs> that uh that kind of make you yeah, ooh, is that a dip behind the blowhole? No, that's just a fat forehead,
2: you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, and, so. and, and then you got your whales whose backs just don't match up properly, like, yeah, I, J- yeah,
3: you're sway backed. J thirty eight. Yeah, we're gonna get some hate for that one, Michael. Yeah. Well, just for <laughs> Cindy, yeah. I and
2: mean, she's gonna write in for sure. But
3: yeah, but yeah, I, they're funny looking whales out there, I, and yeah. yeah, it's fun. I it's a yeah you know, when you get to know them well enough, you start making fun of them. And, uh, yeah, there's some goofy jawlines out there. Oh, aren't <laughs> there? <laughs> aren't there? I,
2: I I think if I think if our um. On boat whale gossip ever got recorded and put in public, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Trouble. Oh no, for sure, like we. Would be. we <laughs> I, it all oh, comes that from. Sounds a, interesting. As Dave says, it all it all comes from a place of knowing them and loving them, and yeah. and you know thinking of them as individuals. And it is whale gossip, but yeah, if we end up if we end up being a little unkind <laughs> to some of our whales.
1: Yeah, I even have to watch myself, like on the West Side, sometimes and realize that there are people sitting around that maybe don't <laughs> get it. You know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They're. They're seeing a beautiful animal, and we're seeing a funny looking one. And we're seeing the J thirty eight of, of the world. Yeah, right. right, he just, <clears> there's <throat> just something ain't right with that whale.
2: Boy, just ain't right. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, before this spins too far out of control, <laughs> just really getting good. Really appreciate you guys uh, coming on, and uh, we'll we'll. Uh, Post some links in in the show notes and check out uh, whaleresearch.com. dot uh, Great place to donate money to, uh, whether it's to the vessel or just the organization. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so yeah. much for thank joining you. us uh, for all you do. Yeah, for thanks for for all your amazing work. And it's always always great to see you guys out on the water. Oh,
2: oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks thank for you. having us. Thank you. It yeah. was
0: really nice. Thank you. That was that was really cool. We we're gonna have to have them back on. Um, just lots lots more stories that they can probably uh share with with all of us
1: oh i'm sure like i'm i'm sure there's so many stories we could fill up like a lifetime of episodes about you know
0: absolutely and and more to more to come and more to learn like the that the ritual of passing the seal i just right. think it is so cool
1: yeah it it's just in it's you know, fascinating right yeah, they just yeah, such amazing stuff. Potential, the potential, I guess, is just amazing.
0: I mean, it has, um, you know, obviously what they're doing has a, a purpose, but we don't. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but, but 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 we don't know what <laughs> it's that. It's too late for that. Oh, it's never too late for that. But we we don't know. Yeah, we we know it has a purpose, but we don't know what it is. And I think that's what makes learning about them so cool. Yeah. So interesting.
1: absolutely, absolutely. And, and Dave is super humble. Um, and you know he was like oh you know i don't i don't know him as well as (laughs) yeah whatever I (laughs) i remember sending him an email from bremer about this whale that had like um probably has some form of scoliosis and like sent him a photo of the dorsal fin she has a big notch in her fin and he was just like immediately like oh man it reminds me of this whale that i saw like Back in the '90s, it had a similar nick. It was an, I think, it was an offshore whale. Like I think, I think he said it was an offshore whale. I'd have to look at the email. That had a hump like that. But you should also check out like there were two dolphins from Maury Firth that, like, his brain is amazing. Like, well,
0: I, I know, I know somebody out, um, who whose brain works like that too.
1: Uh, all right.
0: Yeah, you.
1: <laughs> well, not on the scale of Dave's, but um yeah so just awesome to sit down and talk with him um i've seen photos of that hunt from ganges harbor so that was cool to hear his uh, it was, firsthand account of that
0: it was very cool to hear because i've i've heard that that hunt referenced many times mm-hmm. over the last year you know what 10 years since, right and um, uh, but n- never heard the details I, didn't, I don't think i even knew who it was that that was hunting there um or exactly when it was so to hear that story uh Pretty impressive, and I mean, wow! Mickey whale for four for four killer whales is that's
1: a yeah, well, big, big big prey, big killer whales. At least T T11 eleven and T eleven A seem like they were yeah are were slash are massive whales.
0: Definitely. Speaking of uh, other whales, uh, it's we've still been seeing killer whales most most days, not every day, but most days, and. Lots of great humpbacks uh, still around. Probably our favorite time of year for humpbacks. Yeah. That, that'll continue on through like mid-December.
1: It really, yeah, it will. And I, I really feel like, kind of like you said earlier, they just get better throughout the fall and winter. Um, not just, you know, not like the feeding gets more intense, um, but their behavior changes. Like as they're kind of gearing up for the breeding grounds, I feel like their behaviors change kind of in, in the late fall and into early winter
0: well i think we see um we'll see more like not necessarily groups but we'll see more of them in the same area i think not as long dives mm-hmm. lunge feeding uh you know they're they're more active yeah they just seem more energetic and i think the feeding can be a little bit more intense at least visually from our perspective I th- for whatever reason i think like their food is just re- either it's really abundant right now um and I think we i think there's um, anecdotal evidence to back that up because of all the bird activity that we see on the water it just seems like there's more in the fall mm-hmm. than than we see at any other time um you know and they're trying to get in as much as they can because they know like they're on a they're on a timeline right now.
1: Yeah, we and we've also kind of seen some like pre-competitive behavior. Yeah, you know,
0: and and social social behavior. Um, you know, we uh, well we talked about this I think in the last episode when when um, you know, Stitch was hanging out in the kelp bed. Uh, so yeah, pretty pretty cool. Uh,
1: Speaking of Stitch, we had Stitch on our last all day trip. We did with Merlin. We did,
0: and uh, yeah, that was they were really chill.
1: Really, really chill. Yeah.
0: Um, and then uh, then we went to uh, Admiralty Inlet.
1: Mm-hmm. We did.
0: And we had the 123s. No. No. Who? I, why, <laughs> like, Why can I not re- I can't remember who we even had.
1: We had the 37As and the T99s.
0: I really, I was off that day because, like, not off. I was on the trip. I was on the boat. But I don't know where my head was because- That's okay. I don't e it was a weird day. I don't rem- I I don't remember the thirty seven A's being in there.
1: Yeah, it was thirty seven A's and the ninety nines. That's and they right. They hitting, traveled all
0: like 80, well, like eighty miles. Eighty miles overnight, overnight.
1: And one the one thirty sevens and one oh nine eighty twos were were nearby. Further down in the sound coming towards them. Yes.
0: And uh, I did hear I think they did get together.
1: Yeah, I think they did like way after we left. But.
0: and we saw yesterday we saw the 137s and the 99s in um, outside of Penn Cove, and really interesting trip. Uh, uh, they spent about so there was a big, uh, I think it was a tribal crab opening dungeoness, and so because there were crabbers everywhere out there, and the 137s and 99s uh we got on scene they had just finished a hunt then um the two boys were were socializing so these are if you go back to last week's episode or last week last <laughs> last episode last episode the 99s and the 137s uh are um related correct yeah yeah. yeah, so moms are sisters. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things that we realized yesterday is they're both estimated to be born in 1984, I believe, and so that can't be.
1: Right, right. Like, <laughs> they're, they're we don't know. So when when they were, you know, first seen, obviously they were too old to be 100% confirmed to be T-36's offspring. Um, they were, you know... To, yeah, so that's why they have the designation T-99, T-137. Right. So likelihood is um, based on long-term associations and other things um, that they are her offspring. Uh, but we don't know exactly when they were born because, like I said, we, we the collo- <laughs> colloquial we, not me, uh, saw them you know as juveniles and not as neonates with, with
0: T-36. So that wasn't the interesting thing, though, that I wanted to share. But I I shared it anyway. All right. Um, So they spent about 30 to 45 minutes uh, playing with crab pots. And we've talked about this. um, We saw this in Saanich Inlet with with a group. Uh, We saw this with uh, uh, 49A2 and 49C in Friday Harbor. Uh, We've talked about this with uh, 65A5 and his entanglement. But it just seems like more and more we're seeing them. I don't know if, more, if there's more crab gear out there or if this is just socially or culturally spreading. Um, but it was entertaining to watch because all the crab boats were out there and they were watching too. And I think they were found it just as entertaining watching floats from the crab pots disappear for a minute back. or two and then just pop back up.
1: yeah. I mean, I wonder like, you know, we're seeing this shift and we were talking about this with the Southern residents and, and, and the bigs, how, you know, even up until the last four or five years, we were still watching Southern residents. They were still here more than they are now. Um, If it's just behavior that we didn't see because we weren't with bigs as often. Right. Um, I, the earliest I can remember seeing whales play with crab pots was 2014, um it was the T forty nine A's in um inside in like in, in the inner islands, um, between Lopez and Blakely and, and they were just having a grand old time. Uh T forty nine A four was a newborn at that point. And so and it's something I've definitely seen more throughout the years, but I just wonder if maybe we're we're seeing them do it more because they're I here more often yeah. and they're and we're with them more often.
0: I think that's. I think that's. That's very possible. They're he, and they're here more often, and there are a lot of crab pots out here.
1: Maybe they like crab legs too.
0: Well, it it would be really cool. <laughs> I don't know whether it's underwater uh, video or drone footage. It would be cool to see what are they doing. Mm-hmm. So they're pulling the floats down, but like, how far down are they going? Are they doing anything else? Are they going down there to check out like the? how the catch is going like what what are they what are they doing it'd be cool to know and and be able to see that it would just be interesting for sure um speaking of um crab pots and 65a5 you have a really very recent and new update for the saga of 65a5 which is this is this one's
1: and man i was gonna look up exact dates but and
0: I really, like, well, it was this it was week. With, it was this week. And so. I really, if, if we can ever get him on the podcast, it would be so cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what the future holds, Jeff? Um, yeah, so T65A5 um was seen a couple of days ago with... uh. Whale, another whale, which we'll get to who that whale was in just a second. But um, he's always with someone different. He's always with someone different. So a shout out to the Western Prince crew. They were up on their crew trip up north, um, your Campbell River, and came across T-65A5 and, and this other whale. And the other whale ended up being T-18. So cool. <laughs> Estimated born in like the 1950s. Um definitely post-reproductive, usually traveling with her presumed daughter and her presumed grandson, so T-19, T-19B, and T-19C. But what made this super interesting was that uh, the day before they saw these two whales, uh, another report had come in of just three of the T-18s. So T, uh, it was originally reported as T-18, T-19B, and T-19C, with T-19 not seen which they do split up from time to time. Usually it's two and two um, that we see down here, but, you know, they are capable and and perfectly happy mixing it up. Um, So, you know, we were just thinking, oh, I wonder where T-19 was. Um, You always think, like, I hope everything's okay. But uh, the next day, of course, T-65A5 was seen with uh, T-18, and it got me to thinking, like, I wonder... If the three that were reported the day before was actually T nineteen with her two sons, right, makes sense. Um, And common thing, like easy to do, right? There's a new nick. T nineteen has a new nick that um, is not in our old, our latest identification catalog. Um, Very similar to where the placement is on T eighteen, and it was. I went back and actually had someone send me photos and confirmed that it was T nineteen with. Her two boys. And T-18 was off hanging out with Indy.
0: So cool. He's been with, um, you know, one of the older males in the population. He's been with all kinds of families. Yeah. And now now he's with uh, T-18.
1: And I'll have to confirm. I think when I talked to Monica about this, that she had said the two of them were together earlier this year. Really? Yeah.
0: So, uh, it's just he's such an interesting whale. Like, what is he doing? I uh, know. It's like he's doing a, a project for school, and he's interviewing <laughs> all the uh, all the older whales and all the different families.
1: Yeah, you never know, right? Could be.
0: Speaking of school, Speaking school, of school is school is. This was in a sex. total accidental like. I like tie it. In. I do too, but segue. it was not not intentional. Um, school is back, and if you listen to the last episode, we talked about uh, an interesting group of whales. Jack's summer camp. Uh, Jack was the camp counselor with a bunch of little kids from t- uh his his younger sister and then some kid two kids from another family and apparently camp is over school is back and uh both sets of kids went back to their respective families and they were seeing they actually both families were seen together today yeah in their entirety 37
1: Oh, with the with, with the ninety nines, one thirty
0: sevens, and thirty
1: seven a's. Yep. Uh, what was really interesting to me was so one thirty seven a and one thirty seven d. Jack and Wright were seen back with their um, mom and sister, uh, and then thirty uh, seven a, three and four. Spinnaker and flat top crinkle. I. Still bit top. R- still bit about that name. Um, no, I is fine, but uh, <laughs> I wanted it to be Flat Top. Um, anyway, those two uh, were seen actually with the 101s. So we were talking about the 101s that they've, um, might have been after we stopped recording, but um, they were with the 101s, and actually it sounds like past a group, T36As with 37A and 37A2 and did not join up that day. It's so funny. But like passed each other and then, and now are, are back together. They weren't,
0: they just weren't ready to go back. They weren't ready. So, um, this has been a, a great episode. We're going to have another great episode in, in a couple weeks. But before we depart, we need to talk about a matriline.
1: line. And I think it's fair to, Talk about the T-18s. Absolutely. We, were, we talk about them a lot. We just talked about T-18 Esperanza um, with being with Indy. So maybe we should talk about them.
0: Let's talk about the T-18s.
1: Um, So family of four. We, you know, up until the last couple of years, Jeff, we really just saw them as a family of four, I feel like, down here. Though it sounds like they've probably split up and, you know, do their own thing occasionally. But... That-
0: the two and two or the three and...
1: Well, four? no, no, no. I mean, like, the four of them, like, they probably have split off before, and we're just really seeing these kind of splits in the last couple of years. Yeah,
0: I think I think that's right.
1: So, um, T18, Esperanza, and <laughs> my old, old ID guide, I think they had her as potentially the sister to T19. Uh, now, I think they've um, updated that to potentially be mom so estimated born in 1955 or before. We don't really know because we don't have photos of her as a calf.
0: And we were just talking to her uh, to her. <laughs> uh, we were we were not just talking to her. We were talking about her today on the boat uh because I was I was recounting a story of uh two females from different families chasing a minky whale at high speed for 15 miles. Uh-huh. Um yeah, they were probably going twelve to fifteen mile an hour chase. Yeah. Uh probably more, yeah, more faster than, 15, than that at yeah, that times, but it was a fifteen plus, mile yeah. and it was it was T eighteen was in the lead. Yeah, she and was. this was we were talking about how you know killer whales and humans do not age the same way.
1: <laughs> no, no, they do not. Um no, I'll have to dig up a photo. I have a photo of her like porpoising after this minky whale. So, yeah. um
0: I'm amazed you were able to get a photo of that. It was I mean, it was crazy. It was so hard to know when they were coming out of the water. I mean, they were flying out of the water, porpoising. And it was I mean, I couldn't take pictures. I was driving the boat. It was like it was hard enough to drive the boat and Oh yeah, they keep were up with flying. Them. Yeah.
1: Cuz I think they got picked up over the border kind of out towards Victoria and and, like, came all the way to MacArthur Bank yeah, or something yeah, like that, it was like which 15, is south of San Juan Island. Yeah, it was
0: at least 15 miles, yeah. and they did not get the minky. The minky got away.
1: Nope, got away. Good for it.
0: But I uh, I got you off track here. But That's okay. It's a, it's a T-18 story. Yeah,
1: T-18. She's a badass.
0: She is. That, so, her whole family.
1: It's really, they are. Um, these are a group of whales that a lot of people really look forward to seeing out here. T-19B Galliano. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself, but he's just a massive whale with that fin that kind of curves over. But anyway, T18 grandmother pre- presumed grandmother, her uh, traveling with her adult daughter presumed uh, T19. So we notice that it's not T18A because it's not pres- you know confirmed to be her daughter, but likely her daughter based on long-term association. Uh, T19 born estimated. Around nineteen sixty five, and then she has two boys uh, confirmed. She was massive boys, massive boys confirmed her offspring. Um, two surviving, I should say. T nineteen B Galliano born in nineteen ninety five, and then his younger but not little brother. No. T nineteen C Spouter born in two thousand one. No, they're they're big two big really dudes. really big guys. Yeah, yeah, they're
0: very impressive. Everybody that sees them is uh, they're they're wow whales
1: yeah um t19 has this like massive or t19b excuse me uh galliano has this massive um fin that leans uh it's kind of one of his trademarks it's so big for. i mean
0: that's it it kind of leans yeah it it, it like sways it, it's not this is different <laughs> from this isn't collapse right this is like this is a big i grew sway. too fast and yeah.
1: my fin didn't know where to go <laughs>
0: but and his his younger brother is getting huge.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're both really impressive. Yeah. So, we do see them um, you know, historically like historically, I should say that, like uh in the last like 2 years, 5 <laughs> 5 to 7 years, group. like we saw them mostly as a group of 4. Um, but last year kind of was one of the bigger splits that we saw where um, they were actually in two different places. So, like last spring, T19 with 19B were here in the San Juan Islands, um, and I think 18 and 19C showed up north, like in Johnstone Strait or something like that. Yeah, everyone was like, "What's going on?" And they eventually like came south and reunited down here near Sydney Island, and and now know, and we've seen, it, we've seen it. We've seen it this year too. They this did year, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um. So really cool family. Um. They do t- tend to like. Be here throughout the year. Um, you know, we see them, well, I mean, I, they've been my first whales of the season. Sometimes when I get back in February and run out, they're you know, well, I, my, my first, first
0: My first winter here, um, we had them, I think it was Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, had them, you know, just roll through for the day. Yeah. Um, see them in August. Yep.
1: They spend a lot of time around Vancouver Island, a lot of time down here, um, but also, you know, seen up in Campbell River, up in Johnstone Strait, and they have, you know, sightings up and down the coast, up, you know, in BC and I up think in they, the Southeast Alaska. Like I think they
0: do a lot of laps of Vancouver Island. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think they're they're just kind of going around and around sometimes. So,
1: really cool family. We'll post some photos of them, but that's our um, attempt at meet the Matriline, and and this is just kind of like. We're introducing whales to you guys, so if you have suggestions on whales you'd like to hear about if you have um suggestions of things you'd like to, us to talk about in this segment um let us know. we're happy to do that um, topics
0: you want us to talk yeah. about um we're gonna know, be share this with your friends and if you're enjoying listening
1: with Jared I think soon
0: yeah next uh next episode we are going to talk with we have Jared towers, who is here. Uh, talking about Antarctic type D uh, killer whales several episodes ago. Um, we'll have a, a pretty cool uh, whale rescue story.
1: Yeah. To share. But thanks so much, guys, for listening. Uh, we do have a trip that we've announced for next year workshop um, in August the 24th and... 25th. Yeah, 25th. 24th and
0: 25th. You, the information's on our website. Uh, it after- is
1: actually filling up. We're almost halfway full. Yep. Um, after the
0: Yeah. Come on out. It's uh, we had a great time this year. Next year it's a little bit earlier. So a little warmer weather and, and uh, yeah, should be, should be good. Yeah. Information's on our website after the And you can email us at after the breach at gmail.com.
1: Yep. And we also got our dates. For the conscious breath Adventures trip, we did, and And I and I'm looking at Jeff, and and I I don't remember the dates. Um, But let me.
0: It is February something, twenty twenty five. February fifteenth, I think.
1: I think it was like the fifteenth through the twenty second.
0: I think that's right. Yeah, February fifteenth. Yes, fifteenth
1: through the twenty second.
0: So we're we're gonna we're getting information together, and we're gonna post that on our web website as well. Uh, if you're interested in that, uh, there, there are room for 16 people. 18. Well, we're two of those people.
1: No, no, But there's 20 total, right?
0: I thought it was 18.
1: Oh, we'll figure it out. Limited space. <laughs> we already have quite a few people that have signed up. Um, but really an amazing trip. Uh, you, we've talked about it on the podcast with Gene from Conscious Breath Adventures. Um, I talk about it, honestly, on most trips with humpback whales out here, just how kind of life changing it can be. Um, and we would love to have you out uh, to join us. So if you're interested in learning more about that, um, definitely shoot us an email, reach out to us. And if you have not heard about that yet, check out episode seven where we talked to Jean about our trip out there. And thanks guys so much for joining us. Um, We really appreciate you guys listening. Hope you had a great time listening uh, to this episode and and definitely reach out to us.
0: Stay safe out there.
1: (laughs) Stay safe out there.